otherwise on SAFM. And a very good day to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. My producer today is Boli Kiawa, and we're supported by Derek Fordyce and Wandile Makasana, who are our technical producers both in Johannesburg and Cape Town. Our contact details are 0892-102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise SAFM or at Shadow Twala. Now, um... I'm very excited today. I'm just taking a, a, a just a deep breath now. My daughter did well in her matric, and I didn't realize how stressful it was for parents. And I thought I was fine until I got those results. So I am celebrating, a bit emotional. So if you hear a, a, a little lump in my throat or a frog in my throat, you must understand what is going on with me. But, you know, I'm very excited. So um, let me tell you, Rob Wheeler is in our Johannesburg studios and to share his insights in being yourself for a living. And he's written a few books about the different insights. And this one, his latest one, is called Sexier Insights. I'm curious about that. Then later on, Mavis Mazura, who's also an author, uh, navigating the rapids and the waves of life. She share, shares the emotional intelligence um, and she explains it in international human behavior and all of that. So we will be chatting to her on the phone later on on the program. I'm told the cricket is probably over for today, but um, we'll we'll see. Maybe Natalie Jamanas will give us, will wrap it up for us as, as we've been interested, you know, throughout the, the play. Before we do all of that, though, my lunch bite for today, again, my meditations for women who do too much. Um, and this one is, is a daily one. Uh, if you can get it, it is by Anne Wilson Schaefe. And today, being the 6th of January, she talks about self-deception and illusions. Says all addictions are built on illusions. The illusion of control, the illusion of perfectionism, the illusion of objectivity. Dishonesty and denial are building blocks of addiction. When we participate in any of these illusions, we are deceiving Just ourselves. Just when you think you... And when we deceive ourselves, we lose ourselves. So why is it that we find self-deception and illusions so much more attractive than honesty? It could possibly be because we are surrounded by a society where illusion is the name of the game. Denial runs rampant in every level of our society, and there's not much support for truth speakers. Yet, we are the only ones who can deceive ourselves. We are the only ones who can refuse to acknowledge our perceptions and lie to ourselves. The choice to deceive ourselves is ours. So, there's a saying that conscience is a cur that will let you get past it, but that you cannot keep from barking. Sometimes our awareness makes funny noises to get our attention. When you think you missed that one conversation in that one show, no, you didn't. Catch it once again on overnight 12 midnight to 4 a.m. Here, Here with me, Nairo Pondwara, SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM. Talking to Robin Wheeler, who is in our Johannesburg studio, about being yourself for a living. Welcome, Robin. Hi there, Shadow. Lovely it, chatting to you. Well, we missed each other. I was in Johannesburg and you were in Cape Town. Yes. And now I tried to wave at you when we were flying, but you didn't see me. <laughs> That's because I was driving, my dear. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was clever. Welcome. Congratulations. Welcome to... Um, 
to otherwise, but also 2015. I hope it's a good year for you. You keep on giving us these insights. And congratulations on your new book, Sexier Insights. Yes, thanks so much. And congratulations to you on your daughter's occasion. Oh, uh, I'm so occasion. proud. I'm so proud. But now tell me, what is Insights about? Because the last time we spoke, we spoke about your truer insights. But yes. I see there's a series, and I think we they all have insights to them. Yes. So I think maybe just explain the bigger insight picture. Well, the, the bigger picture is being yourself for a living, mm. which is the kind of the, the inner call that we all have and the social pressure we're all facing. But as you said in your your piece of reading there earlier, um, mm. being authentic is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. We often um, have to be pressurized into choosing authenticity. And um, But once you get the knack of it, it's, it's, it's really the key to, there's kind of like a business sexiness that that arises when you're being true to yourself, you know. So sexy. <laughs> each book in the series is, is about being yourself for a living, but each one has a theme. So Truer was about being true to yourself. and uh, Deeper was about? Going deep. And uh, Further was the sequel to the first one, Insights. So Sexier is um, one aspect of being yourself for a living, and it comes to the fore in this book. Well, you say, I'm reading the back of your book now, that we conceive through sex and consumed by its much of our adult lives. It is pure creative energy, which is central to self-actualizing for a living, but we still struggle to reconcile with it. Please explain. Yeah, that's quite a central thing socially. I mean, it's a natural energy. We we are... um, inspired by the same energy that uh, is well sexual energy and enlightenment are really the same energy it's just what you do with them so society has repressed that over the years because if you uh, control people's energies you control them and and what you were talking about earlier was about uh, fitting in but being Mm. sincere and then not getting any fulfillment out of it Mm. so now we're in an an era of uh, people having to be more and more authentic to to thrive in their jobs and even survive in their jobs and a lot of people are choosing to do that in their own way with their own brand or within an organization and to do that you you go on that spiritual journey towards truth in yourself and for me it's about connecting with who you are on all levels body uh, mind heart soul and uh, that's definitely about liberating that that essential creative energy it, and it and it's you know I'm, in the book I'm having fun with the sexy idea because mm-hmm. on a crass level um, marketing and advertising just sell sex you know whatever you're buying you could be buying chewing gum but there's a sexual thing behind it so I'm having a bit of a, a dig at that and well saying, because I was gonna say the, your title also could yes. be could be accused of that yeah well it's doing it deliberately it's doing it consciously and it's sort of saying hey sexier and then when you get to, the, to read into it you start to see that it's got a much deeper spiritual message and then the insights lead you towards yourself they lead you towards that that purer a deeper sexier self so you say that uh, you know uh, because sex sells and, and, and is used to drive consumer behavior but it can also empower individuality and transform society how mm. Well, with with the awakening of the individual, you know, when we reconcile with ourselves, then we become more conscious, we become less conflicted, so we act out less, we're more awakened, we make wiser choices, we raise our kids better, we do our jobs better, we're happier. So that awakened state is about an inner um, harmony that we need to achieve, which is about looking inwards at least as much as we do outwards, because it's the inner that defines the outer. So it sends you into who you are. 
So how should how should I use this book when I when I do get into it? How you know do I read it all at once? Because um, but sometimes it sounds like you're writing poems. Yes, it's very poetic. It uh, is. <laughs> there's some in this book particularly. There are quite a few poems, um, actual poems in structure, but most of the writing is actually poetic, even if it, it looks like prose. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, the book's there. You can dip in anywhere, Shadow. It's uh, written for the modern lifestyle. So you can, I know people that keep it in their cubby hole or next to their bedside table, next to their bed and on the table there. And something you can dip in just for, you know, 30 seconds at a time. Or you can read it from beginning to end mm-hmm. because the books are written that way. And each one has a, a journey, a trajectory that if you do read it that way, you travel with, with the author along the way. And it's, it has a distinct sense of beginning and ending and a theme. But you can, like any of them, dip in anywhere. Um, They all make sense on their own as well. Sitting in the spray in the middle of the day, drinking in the mist, getting delicately kissed. I can feel the sexiness of that. Lovely. That's (laughs) coming through there. And that's and that's what I do really when I write. You know, I just get into that energy. I tune into the vibe. It's 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 where everything's lined up and and life is the way it's meant to be. And then I just express where I'm at and I just use the moment. So the books go through all sorts of um, sort of human conditions. You know, some dark, some heavy, some difficult, some frustrating. But on the whole, it all comes from a very kind of connected and channeled space so there's a there's a positivity in there and in this case yes a a sexiness that can get quite mischievous along the way i see that (laughs) i see that and i was wondering what the inspiration was as well because it, it seems you get inspired by lots of places you go to or smells yes. or you know pictures or you know what what's what's the real inspiration well, I mean, travel uh, turns me on, if you'll excuse the the extended uh, metaphor. Um, I love uh, being out and experiencing new things and new people. So when I travel, I end up writing. Um, when I'm going through something, uh, that could be a, a moment of silence in the morning. It could be some frustration I've dealt with in a service environment. It could be an insight I've had from working with a corporate client. All of that, uh, writing to me is a lifestyle. I, I would say that I... I'm more or less right every day. It's kind of my emotional digestive system. So um, I just write about what's happening um, internally for me and around me. And then the deeper themes come through that. My own spiritual journey really is at the core of it and a connection with you through that. So you've got titles for each of these um, um, proses or whatever you want to call them, poems in other places. but. For instance, you you talk about emptiness. Yes. That's also in your travels. Um, but how how do I relate to that? You know, because I may read it and think, hmm, Rob was having Robin was having quite a time here. <laughs> and then what? You know, um, is there any way I should be inspired by that, or are you describing what emptiness feels like? Well, it's positive emptiness in the Zen-like way, where you. Um, quiet in the mind and get out of your thinking and into the you go through that barrier of um, discomfort for a moment and then you connect with who you really are so um, if you look at uh, Buddhist teachings they they don't tell you to do anything to achieve anything they mm-hmm. just say remove take away Zen is very much that so the Eastern spirituality has this thing of 
removing the false, removing the inauthentic to get back to your, your opening for today. Mm-hmm. And then just being whatever's left is the truth, you know, and, and that's who you really are. So that emptiness is about, um, say, getting frustrated with what's not really working for you, taking that time to go inwards into who you are, not being afraid of that emptiness and realizing that it's actually the source of all life. It's actually the source of pure creativity. It's not empty. It's full. Being yourself for a living. I mean, that's a that's a, a, a tough concept to understand. Um, try living it. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. It's been a tough twenty years. I? <laughs> no, but I, I, I definitely set myself up there. You know, I set out twenty years ago to do my ideal thing, and I was looking for a, a byline for it, and that one made great sense. But it's it's challenging to live up to you being real being true to yourself is 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 one thing but then doing it for a living on a daily basis daily it's uh, every moment you are awake that's, that's who you're it. being that's it exactly and you you start to go from sort of a, a, a state of slumber where you're going around unconsciously acting out things and and feeling like um, you've got no control over your life to a state of awareness which is sort of almost moving from the horizontal to the vertical Never. Do you know what I often ask, Robin, is, is we, we're doing so much work and it's getting more and more popular that people are wanting to find themselves and, 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 and you know, look after themselves spiritually. But because um, even your sexier insights, you can't be alone, you need to be in a relationship. How do you make sure that while you're being yourself for a living and getting and practicing it all the time and every day, how do you make sure that you take your partner with you you take your family with you on that journey um because you can't be in in that relationship whatever relationship business or otherwise when the other person is not being themselves for a living it it challenges you to 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 um kind of meet them at their own level well you're throwing the big questions at here at me (laughs) shadow that's very insightful question because that's something one grapples with all the time you know Mm -hmm. you you try and change yourself in the slightest way i mean if you take uh, african culture that's very communal just the slightest deviation from that or even sort of psychologically where you decide one night before you fall asleep now i'm going to make some changes and Mm -hmm. just just see how that works for you everybody you know will pick up on it Uh, people will pull you back to to what Mm -hmm. what's normal and functional it's very challenging so it's a big part of it to to keep going on that journey into yourself number one into your authentic voice and hearing it number two it's an ongoing work of art to keep tailoring your your relationships with people you know you can't being authentic doesn't just suddenly mean you come out guns blazing and and all honest and that's not going to work it's, mm-hmm. it's a discretionary thing and how to one half the picture is inner uh, the solitude the other half is interactional and it's really like breathing in and out and you you evolve all the time and if you're doing that for business i mean you've got clients that are um speaking a certain language that isn't really authentic and and sincere Mm. and they're bringing you bring me in there to help you know you work with with that it's 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 really a transformational thing it's kind of a shamanic thing uh, it's it's artful. It's a spiritual thing. It's it's a, a, something that's taken me twenty years to to learn how to do. It's very challenging, but you you've got to do it. And, and inherent in it, inherent in a in awakening, and is an intelligence. You know, and the, the fulfillment that you get is beyond anything that that any other thing in life could give you. It's just being true to yourself, and then everything follows from that. 
Don't you run the risk of isolating yourself? Well, I think for a while you might do that. You know, you'd isolate yourself for a while. Then you'd realize, no, I did that for certain priorities, and now my priorities have changed, and I want to be connected to people again. Or, you know, as an author, you might go off for a few months and write a book because um, mm -hmm. you're fed up. And then six months later, you come back and share it with everyone. Or, you know, so it's, again, it's that breathing in and breathing out and not sort of making a policy decision that you try and stick to because that's mm. like mm. a mental decision that you then enforce on yourself, but rather just allow your organic inner knowing to, to lead you, but stay fully aware all the time, you know. That's the spiritual practice. And to me, we're, it's an ancient insight, but it's very pressing right now in the way we live because we we're being tempted by all sorts of things to distractions overstimulation too much social media to draw us into a, a head-based thinking based reality which is not uh, sustainable really so tell me about your day your normal day okay uh, it d depends i don't think um i ever do the same thing twice sometimes um i, I always almost always wake up naturally i don't have an alarm um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't think alarm is a nice way to wake up <laughs> so i wake up organically i do my own thing sometimes sometimes i've got uh, meetings or a talk on um, usually somewhere along the way i'll write um, so sometimes it's a, quite a quiet day where i'm i'm working on projects all the time so a lot of it is is solitary work and mm. then um, my interactions with people like like now talking to you in, in the SAFM community, very intense, you know, it's very connected and, and a lot happens. And then I, I, I'm fortunate to have created a lot of quiet time for myself. So a lot of these books tell you, you know, try and get an hour a day and I get a much more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's um, certainly kind of the sweetness of life, the, the nectar of life, but equally connecting with people. Um, and I travel a lot. So it's, it's kind of an organic thing that I do there, Shadow. I don't hear you talk about an other person <laughs> because I'm thinking it's, it's your life you're busy you're working you're giving yourself time an hour or more than an hour and then you travel where are your relationships um, how, well I don't want you to, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to to tell names and, and things like that but I'd yeah. like to know that you have a full life yes and have relationships and ha spend time with those people that you care for very much so I've got uh, some of the best friends one could ever wish for. Okay. You know, five or at least five people that I could phone any time, um, even if I haven't spoken to them for five years, and just say, look, have you got a minute? And okay. So okay. Um, I've got very genuine and close friends. I, um, I, I connect closely with everybody that I work with, but it's, it's kind of like an introvert, really. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have um, more meaningful, connected relationships um, but as you say you know um, relationships will come and go those that don't really work where they're not on the same level really don't have the legs you know okay but you said it's, it's a 20-year journey what was it like when you started um, well I had this flash of, of vision you know I was working in corporate human resources with a background in psychology so I'd kind of gone into who I am and how people work and I'd, then I'd gone into the future of work, performance, doing well, success in business. And then I worked in the field of aligning those two things, you know, assessing people and recruiting them. So that this, I had this vision that sort of came to me in a dark hour because I was kind of really going against myself. Even mm. though I was on course, I wasn't fully on course. And so my body had to kind of say, listen, you need to change direction, which mm. of course it took me the longest time to, to sit up and listen. But when I did, um, I realized, oh, no, this is, this is where I need to go. This is where I want to, 
take my work and the world, you know, mm. quite naive and innocent at the time. <laughs> um, and, and that's something I've learned over time is that, yes, we are waking up, but we're doing it the hard way. You know? mm. Mm. And uh, so I set out with this vision and I, I did what I was known for, but I started to build a brand and products that, that were associated distinctly with, with being yourself for a living. And I just kept going, you know. So um, that's what I say to people. Being yourself for a living means realizing you're in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Taking that step, deciding to go for it, because you need to commit spiritually, if you like. You have to make that soul-level commitment, not, not a, a, a mind-based thing where you're weighing things up, because there you're going to change your opinion. With the, with the weather and with the wind. But if you make that commitment in yourself, once you do that, you go on to a new level. And then you use what you're good at at the time. Be yourself. Do what your talents are. Do what you're passionate about. Address what angers you. You know, make the world the place you'd like it to be. But then the real growth comes in who, who are you really, you know? Who, who, if you go inwards, do you find there? And how can you be of service to other people for a living? Hmm. Great insights there, Robin. Tell me, um, if people want to get this book, should they start with the with the first one to get the same insights? You all, each of them, will serve different uh, uh, different uh, opportunities within you. Yeah, they're entirely self. Um contained and autonomous but if you are interested and if you've got the opportunity then it's always better to start with with insights the first one Mm -hmm. because the journey continues from there but um if if you're drawn to the new one just start there you know you can always go back and there'll there'll be there'll be more i've written another seven in the series so i'm going to keep keep bringing them out for the foreseeable future (laughs) you're a busy guy yeah you're busy writing all the time well all these relationships inspire me shadow you see (laughs) sexier insights um, is at all good bookstores and who should read this one in well, particular? Actually this one isn't in the bookstores for the first time I've withdrawn ah. it. Yeah, it's on Amazon everywhere around the world on electronic uh, Kindle and Kindle app for your phone and your, your um, tablet but the actual printed copies this time I've made them hard to get in, in the sexier theme and um, now I just found that I, it wasn't working for me in the bookshops so for a number of reasons one of them really just being that the the administration of all of that wasn't working. So this one, I've, I've tried something new, and you can only get them by booking me for a talk and buying them from me directly. So there's that personal contact there. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, it's something different, you know. You, you I know. Try. That's the I know. Thing, so. so how do people find you, Robin Wheeler? Um, you could just Google my name, or if you go to Amazon and, and look up Robin Wheeler or Sexier Insights, it'll come up. Um, and you could go to my website. It's beentrepreneuring.com. That's entrepreneuring with a B in front. So it's the word being and entrepreneur combined. So, but you, you'll, you'll seek me out. You know, if, if, if you want me badly enough, you'll find me. You'll find me. <laughs> okay. Love you lots. Thank you so much for Thank this. Thank you so much for chatting, Shadow. And And we'll talk to you soon. Now that Look you've got seven of these books, I'm sure we'll keep on talking to you. Look forward to that. Thanks, Thanks so much. Robin. Be well. But Take care. You too. Bye. That's Robin Wheeler. Being yourself for a living and sexier insights. Sounds very interesting. Um, and he's, he's got other books. But you be, entrepre- be entrepreneuring. So it's entrepreneuring with a B in the front. And... Um, Robin Wheeler, if you Google, you'll find him. It is now time for news headlines with Stephen Kirker.
Good afternoon. A member of the SAPS Western Flying Squad was killed by a car at Cosmo City last night. About 20 Gauteng schools are amongst those with a 0% pass rate. And the U.S. lawyer friend of Prince Andrew, who's accused of having sex with an underage girl, has begun legal action to clear his name. More on these and uh, other news stories, of course, coming your way at 2 o'clock. Well, thank you so much. Um, now, we keep on inspiring you, and this time we're speaking with Mavis Mazura. Um, she's written a book, Navigating the Rapids and the Waves of Life. Uh, she'll be joining me on, on the phone in a bit. Welcome to you, Mavis Mazura. Thank you for joining us on Otherwise, and, and uh, compliments of the season. Compliments of the season as well. Are you good today? I'm very well, thank you for having me on your program. How did you spend your New Year? Well, the New Year's Eve I was at church, and then in the afternoon of the first we had a bride with family and friends. Oh, wonderful. Great way to start the year. Now, tell me about navigating the rapids and the waves of life. Okay, so Navigating the Rapids and the Waves of Life is a book I've written, um, which has 10 lessons for managing emotions for success. The book actually developed um, from one of my experiences on river rafting at the Nile River. At the Nile? Yes. Okay. And this actually helped me to actually reflect on the river as, you know, uh, as, 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 as our lives, as a metaphor for our lives. Mm. So I've written this book basically to talk about managing emotions for success. So emotions come on a daily basis. I mean, we experience emotions 24-7. And these emotions actually influence our behavior on a daily basis. But most of us have never been really schooled about managing emotions. So this book is actually aiming or looking at, you know, equipping people or giving people a tool that they can use to manage their emotions in their day-to-day lives. How do we manage rage? That's what I'm interested in because we've got so much road rage and, and just it, 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 it's been escalating over the past few uh, years, but especially last year, I think we heard about a lot of cases. So how would you advise people to, to, to control that, that emotion of rage? Okay, so the emotion of rage, if you look at one of my um, um, uh, diagrams in the book, which talks about how emotions increase in intensity. Oh, by the way, I must, I must admit, I haven't got the book. I haven't okay. read the book, so oh, right. I can't look so, at anything. <laughs> okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So rage is actually um, an intense emotion. So people don't just start raging. They start from, um, low intense, uh, from a low intense emotion and it increases. So you start from annoyance to anger to rage. Mm. And when you are raging, you are now in the center, which is called, called a derailer. When you're now raging, it's difficult to manage that. You need to manage the rage when you're still angry or feeling annoyed. So what we can tell people is that they need to actually check on themselves on a daily basis to see what emotions they're experiencing. People that have road rage, it's got nothing to do with road rage, but they have been building up emotions over time. Mm-hmm. And then this just becomes an outlet because people are not checking what they're feeling and they're not managing or releasing the emotions, but they're increasing their intensity on a daily basis. So, but checking yourself all the time, every day, may not, um, I'm, I'm not too sure how, how we could do it. Because when, when you start being, when you're annoyed, and usually you're annoyed by something totally different from the one you derail at, right? Okay. So, I, I, I'm just saying, how does one know that 
I'm going to, it's going to escalate. How does one deal with it when they find the annoyance first? How do you deal with the annoyance before it graduates to become what, uh, what is eventually rage? So when we experience an emotion of annoyance, we need to ask ourselves questions that can help us to release the emotion or mm. transform the event or change the way we see or view the event. For example, you just need to admit initially that you're feeling annoyed. Most people don't. We normally don't actually check if we're feeling annoyed. We carry on as if everything is okay. So when you're feeling annoyed, uh, do you walk away from that thing that is annoying you and then um, maybe deal with the annoyance? I mean, deal with the emotion? Avoidance is not actually dealing with the emotion. So you need to admit to yourself to say, I'm feeling annoyed. Then you start asking yourself, why am I feeling annoyed? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you actually admit, you associate the emotion to the source of the emotion because most people feel annoyed and they move away from what is making them annoyed and they actually displace the emotion and punish somebody or something else that has got nothing to do with the ah, initial emotion. Sure. So you need to admit that you're feeling annoyed, but you also need to ad- associate your emotion to the source of the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then when you associate the emotion to the source of the emotion, then you also ask yourself, yourself questions, what options do I have? How can you transform? What options do I have? Let me give you a perfect example. So say you're annoyed about the fact that your husband does not want to clean the pool. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an example. <laughs> so you need to associate the emotion to the fact that your husband does not want to clean the pool. But then mm-hmm. you also want to ask yourself, what outcome do you want? Mm-hmm. The outcome one once here is a clean pool. Mm-hmm. When you ask yourself, what options do I have? Because most of the time when we experience negative emotions, we actually also experience what is known as a diminishing focus. So we are now focusing on the problem instead of the outcome. Uh-huh. So you need to actually look at what outcome do I want so that you can look at options you have to achieve your outcome instead of focusing on the problem. So do it yourself or find somebody else to do it? You can do it yourself. You need to develop your, your self-awareness. We can actually ask some people to help us initially, but I think this is a tool. This is something you can develop. You can develop, you can teach yourself to do this all the time. But you're still upset that the husband doesn't want to do it even when it's done. It, it means you're going to do it all the time. But you want a clean pool. <laughs> <laughs> Which he uses as well. Sorry? Which he uses as well. It doesn't matter what you want is a clean pool. <laughs> Very tricky, hey? Very tricky, these emotions. So so what others are interconnected that, you know, we spoke about rage, which starts from annoyance. What other emotions? And I I love the way you, you know, you take it down to basics. And what is it do you want? So what other emotions are connected that are dangerous to have? Okay, so some of the emotions that are dangerous to have, um, you have your, um, your grief. So when we have lost something dear or important to us, it can be a relationship even. Mm-hmm. People get stuck in grief. Yes. And they don't move on. So grief is actually an emotion where people can actually feel trapped or stuck and they don't move on in their life. Another emotion also is vigilance. So people, when they've experienced an event or something in their life, now they become very vigilant. They're always looking out that it doesn't happen. Mm. Mm. And when they actually too vigilant, it's also very easy to um, for them to become, um, you know, to become, you know, obsessed in looking for what shouldn't happen instead of creating what should happen. 
What about people that feel, yeah, I suppose vigilance as well is similar to being, who, people who wallow in being a victim. You know, they, they feel, you know, the world is against them. They always, the victim, they don't have, no one loves them, no one. It, it, it's also a very terrible place to stay in, I suppose, it, as, as in grief, um, because they, they feel victimized. Um, so they, they stay there for a long time and just refuse to take responsibility. How do they move away from there? So when you actually blame other people for your life or for what has happened to you without taking responsibility, I, w- I like to define responsibility as being responsible. Responsible, yeah. yeah. So events could have happened, things could have happened, people could have done things, but you are able to respond. You can choose how you want to respond to what is going on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we have the power of choice. What do you choose? Do you want to get stuck blaming other people or do you want to change your life moving forward? The challenge with negative emotions, especially when we're blaming others, is that we are, you're not able to move on. True. And you're also not able to learn from the emotion. I like to use emotions as signals of opportunity or information. So you have to learn from your emotion. Signals of opportunity? Yes, or threats. Signals of opportunity or threat, or you can use them as information. Mm-hmm. So they are feedback loops that tell you what's going on within you or around you. So when you tap into the emotions, when you understand what's going on, you can use them to move forward. Hmm. Now, tell me about this book. Um, does one uh, take read it through and practice, or... Um, I'm not too sure how we utilize it. So this book is more of a guide. It's got 10 lessons for managing emotions. And what I do is I look at a chapter, for example, develop self-knowledge. So I explain what it takes to develop self-knowledge. And then you've got exercises that you can actually go through to try and help you to develop your self-knowledge. It would be a great time to to have that book at the beginning of the year. I think when people are are just refreshing themselves and, and wanting to... Um, just perform better during the year. Is is it the kind of book that will help people do that, making the certainly. right decisions? Uh, certainly. It also will help people to set what I call emotional goals because often we set material um, goals and we also set task-related goals. We forget that emotions are actually the influences of behavior. So when we set the task or material goals, we need to align them with what we're feeling on the inside. So this is a tool that you can also use to align your goals, your, ta- your material and task goals to your emotional world so that you can achieve your goals. Because remember, each time if what you're thinking does not align to what you're feeling, 99% of the time your emotions win. Hmm. So how do we, if at, the, at the right time, emotional goals, are you able to share those with us? Okay, the emotional goals certainly is just, an, 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 it's just looking at what you're feeling on the inside. So you may be setting, for example, financial goals, mm-hmm. but you're afraid of success. Wow. So you're not actually going to be able to have to achieve the financial freedom that you want. So you need to check that your goals are aligned to what you're feeling on the inside. But then how, are you able, I beg your pardon, are you able to reverse that feeling of, 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 of being scared of success? Uh, yes. And how do you do that? So you can release the emotion. So ah. most, of, most people actually go around with uh, trapped emotions. What happens when you actually uh, replay events and situations, you actually have your emotions trapped in your body. 
and negative emotions that are trapped in your body can sabotage your success or your performance. So you need to actually release the emotion. And there are various tools that you can use to release the, emo- the emotion. And one of the tools is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. And I talk about it in my book. And I, I, we also have various um, therapies that can help us in terms of releasing negative emotions. I like that name, EFT, because that's going to give you lots of cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just remove that emotion and do yes. that exercise. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So you, you, do you then um, do private work and, and or, or corporate work where people can call you in to speak uh, about your emotional intelligence and, uh, and, and, and give, give workshops and that sort of thing? Okay, so we, we do both corporate and private work. So we do, um, we do a lot of corporate training where we actually give, um, you know, talks. We also do training. Uh, emotional intelligence training in corporates, but we also do one-to-one. So if somebody wants to be coached on emotional intelligence, we also do coaching on emotional intelligence for individuals. Okay. Um, You know what I want to do? Um, I'd like you to please stay on the line for me. We need to take a little break, Mavis, and, and, and we'll be back talking to you after this. Mavis, I want your telephone number because I want to talk to you every morning when I have an emotion of <laughs> some kind because I, I need a guru like you, you know, you, 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 you uh, I tell you, but let's, let's have, um, uh, let's talk about the emotion that goes into conversations because you may go out, you may be meaning well in a conversation but of course, there are other, and, and these are critical conversations. I suppose one conversation, in fact, we should be talking about, and I started talking about it uh, last week, was children who have not done well at matric today. There's there's a huge conversation that I suppose happens with family, but immediate parents. What what should that conversation contain? Okay. So when you have a, a conversation with a child who has done well, you need to think about your outcome. What is your goal? Do you want to build them? Do you want to give them confidence or do you want to destroy them? Because often we then talk in a manner that actually diminishes their confidence. Mm-hmm. So the conversation must contain love is the first thing. Mm-hmm. You need to reaffirm that you love them no matter what has happened. Yes. Your love for them does not change. Mm-hmm. And then when you speak from um, a, a place of love, you, you begin to show them what the future has for them, mm. what it means, what they need to have for them to step into the future. Do you know, I suppose, depending on, on uh, there's a lot of uh, pressure on education, especially now. I mean, since the beginning of the year, everyone's talking with trick results, education, and it's conversations that ought to happen. But then there's pressure from family because usually it's, it's, it's you representing family when you out there writing. Family wants to um, be proud more than anything else that you have done well because it reflects on them. I think families take responsibility for that success or failure. Uh, so the pressure is, is bigger and comes from all around, even influences, I suppose, other relationships, outside relationships of friendships and that sort of thing. So I, I think that's where emotional intelligence or development is actually key or emotional literacy because we don't need to take up other people's emotions. We don't need to absorb other people's emotions. 
So when we are feeling pressured by others, by what others are doing, we're not focusing on what we want as individuals or as a family. And this is why we're missing it. Most people are actually missing their family values, what is important to them, from the pressure of wanting to adapt to what is happening on the outside. How about emotional intelligence as far as uh, a, a group or race is concerned? You know, when, when people talk about us black people, you know, and, and, and taking responsibility for that. The nice thing about uh, emotions is that they cut across all race. So emotions know no race. We feel the same, whether we're black or white. Mm. So when you connect at emotional level, all things fall away, things like race. You would ask yourself, there's so much racism. Why do we have cross-cultural or cross-racial marriages? Mm. Because they're connecting at an emotional level. So if we begin to connect at an emotional level, there's things that the mind uses to divide, like your race, your, um, you know, your religion, they fall away. Hey man, Mavis, you know, I, I, I really, I, I want to have a permanent conversation with you because there is so much to talk about. And I know you're busy. And do you still work across the continent? Yes, I do. You do. So yes. you've got a group of people that work with you? Yes, we do. We've got um, a team of 10 people that we work together. And all of you are human behavior specialists? No, it's a couple of other people doing cells, other people doing the training as well. Okay, so you're the only human behavior specialist? At the moment, yes. At the moment. So are you going to give me your, your telephone number? <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us for training, our number, this is our office number, it's 011-326-2499. I'll repeat the number again, it's 011-326-2499. If you want to reach me on my cell phone number, at 076... No, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Okay. I don't like giving cell phone numbers, rather email address or your website, please. Okay. So our website is www.emotionsforsuccess.com. Emotions for success. Emotions. E M O T I O N S four is a digit. Oh. Then success. Digit emotionsforsuccess.com. Mm -hmm. You can get details about this particular book. You can also email me on Mavis M. That's M A V I S M. Mm -hmm. at C for Tango. B for brother. Number two beforebrother.co.za Fantastic. Listen, and the book is at all good bookstores? At the moment, exclusive books is ordered from. They're not yet in the store, mm -hmm. but you can order it online. The, 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 the address, the web address I've given you, www.emotionsforsuccess.com. You can mm -hmm. order the book from there. You can also order it from Baobab Press. It's available on Amazon and, and, and uh, Barnes and & Noble. I'm, I'm happy to learn the 10 lessons for managing emotions for success. Um, and I think everybody, everybody ought to get the book. Thank you so much for your time. And we wish you all the best. Thank you for having me on your program. Thank you. Mavis Mazura, Navigating the Rapids and the Waves of Life is available. But if you'd like her to coach you or talk to you or get the book, order the book, www.emotions.com. Digit for success, emotions for success, uh, dot, um, what is it, dot co dot za, yes, emotions for success dot, dot com, actually, no, yeah, emotions for success dot com, dot com.